0: Hello, and welcome to episode 141 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jonathan Thomas. Jonathan is a comics creator, and he has a new awesome anthology, Tales from the Dead Astronaut. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Jonathan, uh, thanks so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, before we get into the book, could you give everybody a, a quick bio about yourself?
1: yeah sure first i hate to correct you but it's jonathan thompson i want to make oh, sure we get that right from the start
0: oh that 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 was totally my <laughs> fault uh and that is no that, no worries get out of here that Go, was, man. man that was on I'm my script to and cancel i
1: cancel this interview <laughs> i yeah. was on
0: my script and i i totally botched it on the way and i
1: apologize no worries no worries so yeah i'm a writer i write the mediums but really comic is my heart and soul uh, I love like the uniqueness of the medium, the different things that you can do that you really can't do anywhere else. And uh, my book, Tales from the Dead Astronaut, it features four different stories with a nice framework around it that really give you different styles, different crazy, heavy metal type vibes. And I, I really think people will enjoy it.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I was so surprised reading. I, I mean, I looked at the book when I started reading it, and I saw that it was one artist. But then as it went, there were, were like, there was sort of a, a one hand and sort of one voice, but each story felt almost like it was written and drawn by a different team. Was that the desired effect from the beginning for this book?
1: Yeah, it was. You know, I, I, George is a great artist. He made sure that each story was unique, not a different, not too different, but different enough that some people are surprised when they hear it's a different artist. I, I'm sorry, the same artist for everyone, because he really switches it up and makes it a unique book. And for myself as a writer, I wanted to challenge myself with each story to tell it in a different way, to use different devices, so that it wasn't, it, no tool became a crutch.
2: That's really cool. Is that something you do? You, you try to do in all your work is just to, uh, I mean, definitely this book is very sci-fi driven, but do you sort of try to to go outside of all genres and try to emulate the styles of those genres. You know, and science fiction is so broad too, again, because it's, and every genre is broad too, because there's so many styles within those genres that are unique to those genres as well. So do you try to like emulate uh, as many styles as possible when you're writing?
1: Um, I do. My two biggest things in anything I write is pacing and, and a varying style. I like to try to make things different. Um, when it comes to, say, any screenwriting work I do, I hate the three-act structure. I, uh, it's, I hate it. You and David, So picture. Yeah, well, it's so formulaic that it doesn't do anything for the audience watching, except let them know to hit certain beats. Mm. So even with comics, you know, I want to make sure that there's a different kind of flow, a different kind of rhythm, Alan Moore said it best in his book on writing and that it's comics is like a hypnotic medium. You want to put the audience in a trance and don't do anything to disrupt that rhythmic flow. And that's really what I try to do. You know, it, I want to make sure that when you sit down with one of my books, you can sit there and totally be immersed in it.
2: So if you're not relying too much on acts, you know, which sometimes can be sort of rhythmic and, uh, you know, like not rhythmic in the sense where you sort of know when things are going to hit at what time, based on where you are at in the story sort of what what do you use then as sort of pacing and uh sort of rhythm in your stories math math, I would say it, you know i try
1: and I try and see how many pages I'm working with
2: and try and make you know a beat between it all mm-hmm. That, do you do that on like the individual pages as well? Like yeah. try to keep a rhythm. I definitely I get do. that, and not to get into too many spoilers, but on the second story of this book, I can definitely see that. Like, there's uh, in an the, interesting with the, with, it, with the interview.
1: Yeah, the star that was one specifically that could only work in a comic, and yeah. that was a big goal of mine. That was a the star and Prince of Steel are two stories that have sat in my writing notebook for about two years. Wow. And I knew I wanted to do them, and I was looking for the right artist to work with, to really trust to work with, and I got that with George. And I knew that with the star was the most challenging one because you need that special, special rhythm. Because mm-hmm. the, the star, for the audience that hasn't read the book yet, is about a shape-shifting rock star who is in the middle of a press conference. So what's really fun is that from panel to panel, he's changing his appearance yeah And that rhythm, that flow, is so important in that book, and especially you know the page turn, each reveal you get.
2: yeah, I really like that one. I, probably that one was my favorite of the three, even though I loved nice. the other three, especially, but that one was definitely my favorite because again, like you said, it's sort of it wasn't what I was expecting, and there's sort of a it's one of those things where you could maybe appreciate the writing and the art separate from each other. You know, mm-hmm. like you could have one complete to- story told with just the writing and one complete story told with just the art and appreciate both of them. But then together they start—they really strengthen each other, which is at the heart of comics, right? But yeah, it's it's it sort of epi- epitomizes the show don't tell aspect of it as well, because like both are doing that as well. You know, the, the words are showing as much as the art is showing, um, but they're different and not completely different things, but almost different things.
1: Yeah, it's, it's probably the most fun out of all the stories that we did. Uh, That was the one where as I got pages, I was just, you know, I was blown away seeing one of the two things that had sat in my notebook for so long really come to real life in a real great way. And that flow was perfect there between us.
0: Yeah, that's, that's cool. So you, you had mentioned that uh, this and the uh, Prince of steel were something that was sitting in your your notebook for a couple of years yeah. um, so uh, what uh, how did you uh, formulate the idea to to bring these together and make them an anthology and um, uh, so and to follow up on that like uh, did you then sort of come up with the, the framing sequence or was the framing sequence something that was sort of
1: percolating in, in your mind as well? What happened first was that I finally got out of my comfort zone of just sitting with stories in my notebook. I actually, about a year ago, I was at a, I went to a signing for Detective 1000. Okay, And I, I was there, Neil Adams was there. Alex Malev was there and Peter Tomasi was there. And I went specifically knowing his history as an editor. And I was, I, I had a eight page script in my hand and I was determined, you know, I was going to give it to him to try and see if I could get any, just any feedback, any notes, push a little foot in the door because it was something that I hadn't tried before. And, you know, he politely declined because of his contracts that he couldn't take it. But he said, listen, you go, you put together a book, people can't turn, turn that away. Mm-hmm. So uh, that set me down the path of looking for the artist that I wanted to work with. And I come from film too. That's my other love. And that's a very, you're way in, in more control because it's your eye, you're telling the camera where to go with an artist. You need to let go of some trust. And I put out a call to look for an artist. I found George. We did the two page story seek repair that I have at the back of the book. Mm-hmm. And I really loved working with him. And then I said, oh, I had this other idea, which was another world, and we did that one. And that was a six page story. And by that time we were so in sync. And so, you know, he would send me pages that I was not expecting what I was gonna see. And that was really beautiful. You know, to take what I had on the page and interpret it in his own way to create something even more beautiful, I knew okay these two stories sitting in my notebook it's time to get them out. So we did the star and we did Prince of Steel. And the whole time I was think, thinking of some sort of way to put them all together in a book because now we had all these stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put out a six page book or an eight page book and I didn't want to just put them online because I really like that physical media. Yeah. I'm a big physical media person. You could ask my wife with my Criterion collection, which is my diehard Blu-ray collection that needs to be there and in perfect shape. Physical media (laughs) is, you know, there's there's nothing like the feel of a comic in your hand or a book or a great textured book. It's so important, at least for me. So I knew I needed to do something with all this. And I was just, you know, spitballing ideas in my head. How could I put this together as an anthology? I wanted it to be something where... It felt like a whole, but also could be parts too. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I looked at Tales from the Crypt and I said, well, what works with science fiction? Oh, a dead astronaut. And then I thought, well, I don't wanna do something that's too cliche because the dead astronaut is a popular piece of art. So Mm -hmm. I said, well, now let me do a story for the dead astronaut that fits it in the whole frame and have it be fun and different as well. And just lead you in story by story, as if this astronaut is seeing all these things as he is drifting off into space, and you know i couldn't be prouder of the book
0: so so was what was the process of of finding George was it a an online connection, or is he somebody that you know uh, through you know uh, no not at all
1: i actually i you know I put out a you know a Facebook ad and some of the comics groups that I belong to I said you know I'm looking for somebody that likes to draw robots not someone that wants to do the same thing that everybody else does that could look like a million other books I knew what I wanted Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I'm a big Mobius fan so I needed someone that understood that kind of art and George was one of the guys whose style was just so interesting and so unique that I, I reached out to him we talked we did some designs, we did seek repair. And I said, well, this, you know, let's do more. And we were always eager to work with each other.
0: That's that's really cool. So seek repair was, was your first project. Um, yeah. And that, the, that's um, like a, a robot story, which you said you wanted to find somebody that, that could draw robots. Um, and that's, you know, Sequential pages uh, in storytelling did did uh, did George provide you because I know from from my experience, like if I put out a call for artists, I get a lot of like splash pages or yeah. pinups did he that he provide you like sequentials
1: so that you could see that he oh, yeah. was
0: able to do storytelling as well
1: yeah because i I know I need to see that i can 't just see pretty pinups so uh, he showed me a bunch of his past work, and i I could see his style is very unique it's very different. And he, he was just the right guy for the job.
2: How is, fast is, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, please, no, please, go ahead.
2: So uh, when you started working with him, how, how fast does he work? Is he, is he someone who can you know, turn out a page a day? And, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have something in your inbox? Pretty much,
1: Wow. pretty much. Yeah, That's it's awesome. He's, he's quick and I know he does a lot, which is great because he's always flexing those brain power muscles. So yeah, I put, I put together an idea, I toss, him at, toss it at him and he's got something back to me pretty quickly, which is nice, which that helps, is... you know, this book is, we did seek repair back in January. Wow. And then I wanna say, right at the beginning of the pandemic was when we started the book and now we're done.
2: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: That's really originally great. it was supposed to be black and white but we did, a, we did a story for a like a, one-week contest. I, I think it was platform comics. So we did a quick like, four-page story that we had a week to do, which meant I had a day to write, and he got the week to put it together. Yeah. And, and, but he did it in color, and the colors were just perfect. And I knew he could do color. Uh, I knew he did very well with it. So I said, well, what if we make this book color? You know, what, what do we have to do to do that? And we did it. And that's an even better decision.
2: That's awesome. Is that, is that a story that might show up eventually in another, and maybe if, it, if in another issue of Dead Astronauts?
1: It's actually available on the website. Oh, SpaceStationZ.com. Nice. Yeah, you can go on there. On the website, I have uh, The End of Times, which is the story that we did for the contest. Seek Repair is on there. And I also have a serialized short story that I did that has art by another artist, Luke Welch. That's really fun. That's another science fiction story, but that's prose. Oh, I don't want to read it then. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Uh, I know. It's,
2: you know, words are I, we're going to have to put together. We're just going to strike that from the interview altogether. Please do. Please do. Podcast. I know. After I was called Thomas, that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah I know that, that. That was my fault. I, <laughs> so Noah's made a mistake. I've made a mistake. So uh, we're, we're, we've we're two all for made two. mistakes. Um, so is George's uh, art style, is, is he a traditional pen and ink guy, a c- computer guy, yeah. or is it a, is a hybrid of both?
1: No, pen and pen and ink.
0: Awesome. So do and you have colors any?
1: Obviously, no, I don't have any original art yet. Oh,
2: Yeah, You said yet. So yeah, uh, it, it's coming your to way. Hound,
1: I have to hound him for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta, especially mm. while, while while you can, you know, that's the big thing right there. If, you yeah. have a, if you're able to nab a talented artist like him, you got to get it while you can. Um, yeah. yeah, that's such a great, it's such a great little story. And I, I guess I have some questions then. I know this is a comics podcast, but sometimes we do like to Uh-oh. talk prose. Um, we do, we, with when you're writing a uh, comic script, this is one of our favorite questions to ask people who write both. Okay. Um, when you're writing your script, do, do you write it out? in script format or do you write it out in prose first and then sort of translate that into a script?
1: Oh, we're talking process now. My process oh, yeah. is I start, with, uh, I start with one sheet of paper in my notebook and write one to, one to eight, one to six, you know, in a longer case, one to 32. And then I try and find the rhythm. I try and know what I'm doing. Then I'll sketch some terrible thumbnails. And feel out my pages and see what's possible. You know, thumbnails that will never be the layout that I'll get. And from there, then I'll script. So I I go through like a very meticulous process that takes time. But once I'm on the computer page, I move pretty quickly. And then I'll print it out. And I need to have it physically in my hand, you know, physical guy. And I'll go through it line by line to make sure it works. And then the beautiful thing with digital lettering is I can tweak stuff after if I see the page and I think it could be worded a different way it's easy to switch that around we did that a couple times with some of the stories which is a nice loose way of being
2: are you lettering the the book or is it uh I'm not George George lettered this one okay it's wonderful lettering yeah I love especially the 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 um sort of the the bookend, say like sort of the 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 segments in between. I love the narration; how that that's very creative and unique. Yeah, he, his he voice. did a
1: great job making it different.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. And and also again, from story to story, there's different forms of lettering too, which is pretty yeah. great. Yeah, that's it's always cool to see into like writer's process, and I'm always and I always like to hear that. uh It's always inspiring for me to hear that. Like you know, it's never one way of doing things. Never. It, yeah often it's an amalgamation of everything too. So it's always cool to see, you know, it's cool to hear like, you know, that you do a mix of different things before you get to the actual script writing. Is that something that you do in all forms of writing or just comics? Um, Well, I don't
1: draw out thumbnails when I'm writing a movie script, but pretty much, pretty much, you know, I, I, when I'm doing something like that, I'll split it up into, you know, I don't do the traditional three acts, but I do acts. I do, 4x, 5x, 6x, and I'll write it out like that. But comic scripts, yeah, th- that's pretty much the way
2: I do it. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: So if Seek Repair was the first project and you guys then proceeded to, to do other things, did the, did the process change as you guys became more familiar with each other? Um, you know, maybe you could rely on, um, you know, putting less in your script, less description, or did it? Uh, that it pretty much stay the same the whole time
1: through. Most definitely. I mean, this book is an evolution of my writing a comic script. You know, when I first started, you know, I was very, I was more hands-on. Seek Repair, I gave him the plan of layouts that I wanted. I didn't know that that was something that you don't do. <laughs> and he gladly <laughs> took it. He gladly took it. And um, I felt this story could have been stronger if I had let him do what he wanted to do. So when we did Another World, I just let him go for it. And then by the time we did the last story that we've done together, which is the end of times, which is on the website. I mean, there's one page I just said, they fight and go crazy. And he went crazy. I, you know, the, I, didn't, I didn't make my money on that one because I let him do his thing. He, he earned every penny there.
2: That's awesome. Matt and I always reference, uh, well, what's the one that you, one comic, Matt, you always talk about where it's like someone wrote like, they fight for the next four pages.
0: (laughs) What is it? It's it's Nemesis by uh, Mark Millar and um, Steve McNiven. There's like a director's cut and it has a script in the back and uh, uh, Mark Millar just writes, six pages of fighting, do what you do. And And then he comes back and details it after that. So, he got he got six pages of page right for for writing uh well i mean that was probably independent book but you know just he just he it's you know that that took him probably took him 45 seconds to write and it probably took uh uh steve McNibbin you know a week and a half to to draw so
1: i I bet he labored over the rest of that script for quite some time though
2: oh yeah yeah. oh yeah (laughs) yeah um that that gets into like I guess I did want to circle back on something you talked about earlier. You talked about Alan Moore. Um, like, what are the comics and comic creators that inspire you in your creating other comics? Well,
1: to start, and this is going to color everything I do in the future, and especially one of my next projects, is growing up. My favorite book was 100 Bullets. Oh wow! So I have followed Brian Azzarello from then on. I think I got. I had picked up a random copy or maybe I saw it in a wizard as a top 10 book. Mm-hmm. And I got all those trades until I caught up to the single issues and followed back to the end. I follow them to moonshine. Now that's, you know, Brian Azarello, And then as I got more sophisticated, I'm a Grant Morrison diehard. I have oh, yeah. the hardback copies of the invisibles and it's my prized collection. I've read that book end to end like three or four times. Wow. I'm a, I'm a Grant Morrison apologist. So I love final crisis. Don't judge me. Um, and do
2: people not like
1: final crisis? I think people think final crisis is a mess, but I understood what he was doing as an artist. So yeah,
2: forgive I, me. I thought, I, I thought that was something everybody loved. I must be wrong.
1: I th- uh, you might be, you might yeah. be, <laughs> uh, or I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Grant Morrison, obviously Alan Moore. You know, I read Watchmen when I was fourteen years old, going on a trip with my grandfather and my uncle to Italy. Wow. So that was quite a plane ride (laughs) where I was not expecting what I was going through.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So those those are my top guys. And then, you know, I love Brian Michael Bendis's run on Ultimate Spider-Man. That was a fantastic book. And that really showed me a different way of doing things too.
2: The Grant Morrison uh, that you talk about, that, that really shows, especially in that first story. Oh, in Oh, thanks. The book. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's got that um, transcendent feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched his Disinfocon monologue more times than I could count. You know, he, he, was a, he was a major influence on me throughout my late teens and most of my 20s and even to today.
2: Is that the one where he screams at the beginning of it? He does. He does. Yeah. He wakes everybody up. Wakes everybody
1: up. <laughs> and then lets everybody know how much drugs he's on and how it's gonna hit soon, and it
2: hits. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love Grant Morrison.
1: Uh, he's one of a kind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So great. That's so great. And then I um, mean, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry not not
1: to not to go on a tangent. But oh, I don't mind when I. When I watched Happy, I was like, Happy is like one of his worst books. And the show is pure Grant Morrison. I was like, this is what it's like in real life. This is what it could be.
2: Yeah. i like, when, you know, that's so important with the Grant Morrison thing is to feel like, you know, because everything is so weird, but so him, you know, and then he says on top of that, like, he doesn't write anything he hasn't experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think, sort of adds a gravity to the weirdness. Yeah. Um, Which, like, my favorite, one of my most recent favorites of his is um, is Klaus, uh, which I I really love that book. Um, Which makes me wonder, I'm like, did he, like, travel up north and become (laughs) Santa Claus for a bit? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I I loved his his Batman and Robin run with with Dick as Batman. Like, that, oof. If, if the DC universe, the movies, they ever want to branch in different directions, they make that movie and they will make a ton of money.
0: Agreed. I agree. uh, so earlier you had said that, uh, you know, another one of your passions is is, is film. And um, that, uh, you know, you have the, the pristine uh, DVD collection, Blu-ray collection.
2: It's um, Blu-rays.
0: Um, <laughs> um, God, Matt. I, 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 I am not. Uh, I am not on my A-game tonight. Uh, um, so, what's your what's your experience uh, in in the film world? Have you have you written any any screenplays or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I've I've written some. Working on a few more. Um, nothing major, you know. You would have known my name by now if I had done more. But working, working short film directing, you know, a little slowed down because of everything that's going on right now, but that's comics. Comics is a great way to scratch that itch.
2: I bet. Yeah. What are your, uh, when you've done short films before, uh, what, what genre do you work in?
1: Um, I did a satirical political comedy, which was a lot of fun. Um, I, I mix it up, but I do think deep down I'm, between science fiction and noir. Those, those are my two. I think those are my go-tos. And I like to have a little bit of edge and a little bit of something different, something spectacle when I write.
0: Do you find the, the pacing element uh, helps you in pacing comics? Because I know a lot of times when we've talked to folks, we always sort of, uh, you know, bring up that the, that when you do a, sc- a screenplay it's you know one page is supposed to equal one minute of like filming time yeah. uh, and, and you mentioned earlier that you really like to, to, to pace your comic book script so is that like something that transitions pretty easily between the two?
1: Yeah it does. Pacing is uh, next to character the most important thing to me. I, I think rhythm is very important when you're watching something or when you're reading something it has to have that kind of flow and feel that really works for whatever the story is.
2: That makes sense too. Do you, do you find though with, um, cause like, you know, you, you definitely, as you've explained, you enjoy the process of working with an artist, but you also said earlier, you like the control of screenplays because you do, you do get to control how long people look at certain things on, on the yeah. screenplay and as a filmmaker as a comic, like, again, like our, our good friend, Grant Morrison likes to point out like, you know, it's, you know, it's a flat circle in a way, you know, yeah. like where you get to, you get to go through time at your own pace and flip back and forth and everything. Um, you know, you can skip words and images as you please and everything like that and, and sort of let the story form your own way. Uh, so, so what are your thoughts on like, you know, the, the strengths and weaknesses in both mediums that way in, in that sense?
1: What I love about comics that can't be replicated anywhere else is the page turn. And that's crucial to the way I write, especially with a bigger piece. I want to make sure that, you know, page one is your first page you're seeing. And then page two is going to have something that you aren't ready. And page three can't have something that you, so surprising that you could just glance over while you're looking at page two and ruin the spoil for yourself. So that's really important. With the diff, that's a completely different kind of pacing that you just don't get in any other form of entertainment. And the crucial thing, the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger is something that you don't get anywhere else either. You get it in TV, but you're never going to get that in the movie.
2: Yeah, and that sort of, I guess, goes on to my next question. I, I had, it popped up earlier when I was thinking about it because you talked about physical media and how important that is. Um, What this process, are you you pretty hands-on with the printer and, you know, what materials you're using?
1: Um, I went through three different printers to find exactly what I wanted. I paid extra for, like, printed proofs. I I really wanted to make sure that the book felt perfect to me. Hmm. Uh, You know, I I wasn't just going to go any other route. Uh, I know there's cheaper
2: options I could have gone with,
1: but it was more important for the finished product to really be what I wanted it to be.
2: That's awesome. Can you like, so with, with this book, are you, are you going for more of like a, a glossy finish or is it more matte? I'm sorry. Right, I'm getting really more, technical with print. Here. No, no,
1: it's more like, it's more of a matte. It's more of like a newsprint style. Great. I actually, I actually went with a smaller style of six by nine because I got, um, I got the graphic novel Kankor by Matt Allison. Yeah. And that, that was the same size. I was thrown off by it at first when I got it in the mail, because obviously I expected it to be like every other trade out there. Right. And it just felt beautiful in my hands. So I said, you know what? I want to go in this size. And just another thing to stay, yeah, beautiful. It's a wonder, that piece. And it really, um, I wanted the book to, no matter what, when it's on a comic book shelf, to look different than anything else. Yeah. Because just like the page turn is important, the cover And the book you're about to pick up, I want the person to say, "Oh, this looks pretty fucking cool. This is what I want to take home with me."
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's something I really look forward for when I'm picking up comics as well, and why I love sort of what DC is doing with the Black Label right now. Yeah, the oversized ones. Oversized ones, and even like what they're doing with the Last God. The the it's sort of a more standard size, but it's got a glossy cover. But on the inside, the the art is the the pages are more. Like sort of that halfway between newsprint and sort of magazine, you know, glossy. Yeah. But like, it's not too glossy, and it doesn't feel too inky. Like, it feels textured, and it fits with the artist's style, which is so important when you have traditional artists, like on that book and on your book, is to have something more textured to really draw out the lines and the the work that the artist put into it. So I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that was important to me too. You know, I think the The art looks different on a glossy page. And I knew that getting something close to like a newsprint, the art would feel stronger and the colors would look different. And that's what I got. And I, I'm really happy with that. You know, another company, TKO Presents, yeah. TKO Studios. Yeah, I got their book Sentient and Fearsome Dr. Fang. And I was thrown off by the oversized nature of it. But I loved it. And it's something different. It doesn't have to be like every single thing else out
2: there. I was actually going to ask if you were, if you liked sentient because I, I was like, there's some, there's some similar vibes of sentient and, in, and in, in in this book as well.
1: I did. I, I did like sentient.
2: I, I, um,
1: I just, the art is absolutely beautiful. And that over, I mean, for that book, that oversized nature, really, mm-hmm. you feel every piece. Oh, yeah. you know it looks beautiful
2: yeah truly truly does
0: so on tales for um tales from the dead astronaut you you have the framing sequence that that lead us through the the stories but um and uh you know you you end with the the book that you first created but um how did you go about uh picking the
1: the the order that the the, the stories show up uh purely based on the page turn okay i knew i knew that because of the order of everything i wasn't going to get exactly what i wanted but i knew prince of steel had to end the way it did with that final page turn so it kind of was built from there okay. and then i you know I, I i mixed it around a little bit but that's where i landed
2: that's awesome yeah I was i was actually going to ask the same thing too because there is sort of a cool like again not to go to the three act structure thing but there is sort of a nice almost three acts going on you know pacing wise where you yeah. sort of save the more action heavy one for the third act i really like yeah. that i think if
1: you're in it at that point you're prepared for whatever you're going to get
2: yeah yeah it keeps a good momentum going throughout yeah. the whole book uh, yeah and uh, this is on this is on kickstarter right now
1: no you can buy it directly at spacestationz.com. Wow, awesome. Yeah, we did not kickstart. You know, I, I know people do that, but I uh, I would rather would ha- rather pay to get the book done and get it right to people instead of say, okay, back this Kickstarter that's gonna end in 30 days and maybe you'll get it in a couple months when the art is done. It This is done. This book is ready to go. That's you awesome. order it today, you'll have it out in the mail the tomorrow.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I'm yeah. ordering
1: it today. Oh, that's, I will be waiting
2: yes and
1: i i can't wait for you to feel it in your hands because that's oh, like sorry. i said important it's very different than just reading a pdf
2: you know we yeah. talked
1: about putting it on comiXology or another digital way but i you know i think i'm going to be a diehard and say you can only buy this book and hold it in your hands
2: that's really cool i like the principle there i really do Yeah.
0: And you, you do a couple of other uh, things uh, here that, that are a lot of fun. There's, there's, uh, there's a letters pa- letter page that, that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that something that was early on in the process, or is that something that you sort of, you know, as the book was coming together, you, you decided to,
1: to, to put that there? I mean, I love letters pages. Um, they're so much fun, and the book invited that fun. So I, I worked on that throughout George sending me pages to get that ready.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's it's a, a, it's a great throwback. I feel like yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I I wanted to make sure that every page gave you something and that it felt like a full book that, you know, even when it's over, there's still a little bit more.
0: Agreed. Um, so as you said that this book is currently done, um, and it's, it's available to, to, to buy, uh, on, 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 on your website, website, which we're going to link in the show notes. Um, what are your plans uh, for this going forward? Uh, Uh, do you you have sort of a time frame you're trying to hit? I know that we're like in a COVID-19 world right now, which is, you know, throwing a monkey wrench into into a lot of people's plans. But uh, do you you have any plans for for more, the next issue?
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to explore doing something. I mean, the book definitely opens you up to giving that framework story another act, another piece, and and that would be fun to do. Um, George and I are working on a one-shot book that's, you know, a straightforward one-story that's more in the vein of a... I only say younger-skewed because nobody's head gets ripped off. (laughs) Younger-skewed. I wanted to do something in the vein of, like, a really fun X-Men or Superman-type adventure for a younger kid hero. So we're working on that. And then we'll probably get back into The Dead Astronaut after that.
2: That's awesome. Will you guys do another like three part story do you think or do you think maybe you'll do one where you just have like a an overarching like one story overarching throughout the whole thing?
1: No I think I think I'm going to stick to this format. I think if we do more we'll do three issues all together and the dead astronaut will have a through line but all the other stories will be fresh from new.
2: That's awesome. That's really great so, so we i can order it right now so okay
0: <laughs> so um, with these stories you're you're able to sort of tackle a lot of different sort of elements of of sci-fi um you know there's a there's a story that sort of deals with uh you know intergalactic space travel and and, and, and encountering different sort of environments there's you know a, a a mech story um you know we, we talked about star a lot which is very interesting it's it's an interview with with uh you know a lot of twists and turns is there is there one uh story that uh you would like to tell like uh i, I know that you said that you like sci-fi and and noir. Do you sort of have your your blade runner story that you're uh that you're thinking about
1: uh i do i do it's I'm I'm working on a pitch with another artist, Sam Blanchard. That's uh um it's it's a fun robot story that goes in different directions than others have gone in the past. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a different kind of style. His style is actually more like um just like a Frank Miller vibe. Mm. Most mostly black and white with a tinge of color in areas, which I think is really interesting. And yeah. gives a, a different kind of look. And then my my other project is I'm working with um, Italian artist Rosano Pigioni on a crime story, thirty two page one shot crime story, that is a, a lot of fun. What we're working on there is going to be really special.
0: Nice. And so are those uh, just sort of in different states of, of development? Do you do you find uh, sometimes you you sort of have to like shift your mindset if like one project's a little bit further along than, than the other, Uh, you know, say, you know, you're communicating with one artist and this project is, you know, at the inking stage and one, one is at the, you know, the, the layout stage.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I got to let the stories marinate a little bit for myself too. So I'll start, I'll get my, you know, one to 32 pages written down. I'll know where the story is going. And then I'll go back to the artist and I'll say, well, these are the characters, this is the story, this is the vibe. Let them draw something up, give me some character designs, because then when they do that, I get a better idea of what they are bringing. And then I can change the story to suit that. And that's that's the freestyle jazz nature of comics that I'm really liking.
2: Good comparison that's, you have. That's another one that pops up a lot, mainly because they're two American art forms. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, a, interesting way to sort of think about it, to, you know, sort of have the basic idea and, and turn it over to the artist and, uh, you know, get some character designs back, which are either going to, you know, change some of the initial thoughts that you had slightly... Ch- you know, shape them in a different direction. That that's an interesting thing to do. Um, are you uh, are you like a are you like a Stephen King fan? Uh, I
1: am. I've read his book on writing several times, but it's been a while since I've read any of his actual books.
0: Yeah, because it sounds similar to to what he uh, kind of similar to what he he has an approach where he has two characters and he sort of puts them in a room and lets the story um take it where where it might go so uh, it seems like you you have a little bit of that there i mean you you have the the 132 sort of outlined and you know some of the themes but you know if you turn it over to to the artist and the you know the guy comes back with uh you know a trench coat you might you might sort of then start to get the feel that you know he's you know sort of like your decker you know uh detective and stuff like that so that that's pretty interesting
1: Yeah, like uh, for instance, the crime story, it is about a gas station attendant with third degree burns all over his body. So I, I needed to see what that looked like first. And I needed to see how he would look to determine how I could connect with that
2: character for the sorts of decisions he needs to make throughout the story. So you get the you get the sketch back and then the rest of the story sort of forms from there. Or yeah. yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. So if he's like if he's sort of maybe more scarred up than than you would have been envisioned him in his mind, maybe that affects the way he's able to, you know, if he has like a lot of scar tissue uh on his joints, maybe he's not as quick as you thought he might be, and, and then therefore like, you know, if some action breaks out he's gonna be slow to be able to to react and stuff. So did things like that happen?
1: Actually, it was more in terms of this character, it was more the way the audience, the reader would empathize with the character. Okay. Because I I know he's gonna make some harsh decisions by the end of the story. And you needed to be fully on board with this character to make those choices. Very cool.
0: So with uh, Tales of the Dead Astronaut, um, with somebody who, who is uh, a fan of the, the print medium and you're selling these on your websites or website, excuse me, um, if we ever get back to having cons, is that something that, that you want to be able to do is to take this book and, and be able to hand it directly to, to somebody and, and say, "This is what this book is about?" and uh, you know check it out.
1: Oh, yeah. I would love that. Obviously, that's not happening anytime soon. I know New York Comic Con looks like it was going to happen. And then no, which I get. So mm-hmm. hopefully when we hopefully by the time we get back to conventions, I have many books I can hand people. Very true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Here's hoping Awesome Con stays on the schedule for December unless I miss something that's been canceled, too. Yeah.
0: I, it's, yeah. I think,
1: I think it
2: has been yeah. <laughs>
1: the nature uh, of the world we live in now, but yeah. you know what? It's, it's nice because I, I've reached out to a few stores. A few stores are starting to get the book.
2: Nice. My, my
1: local, my local store has a bunch of copies over here in Harrison, New York. So if you go to all yeah comics, any New York listeners, there's a bunch of copies you can
2: walk away with today. Great. That's cool. That's good info.
1: Have you,
0: have you been in the, have you been into the store since, since they got it to sort of, take a look at it on the on the shelf
1: well i just dropped it off today because i got the books on saturday so wednesday was the perfect day to go awesome it's nestled right next to the new issue of superman so it feels like it's in a good spot <laughs> Very yeah cool. that's
2: Very so cool. great that's so great well i i had a lot of
1: time i,
0: I had a lot of fun uh talking about this book I, I i was blown away by the the storytelling and and the art um and it was a ride from, from, from beginning to end. Um, So I want to thank you for being on it and sharing it with us. Yeah. Um, No,
1: thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you know, I look forward to you guys getting physical copies of it.
0: Definitely. Um, So uh, you mentioned that this is on, on your website. Uh, As we close up, uh, do you want to let people know where they can go to, to buy their physical copies of, of this comic?
1: Yes, you can go to spacestationz.com. And we, I also have an Instagram page, spacestationz. There's the link there to the website. And also that's a great source of any new projects that are coming up. That's really the main hub. That's where I post everything. Um, I was posting kind of a mix of stuff that inspires me, some you know frames and panels of stuff that I really revere, but also it's filled with panels and previews of everything that's going
2: on. And if I might nice. add on the site, the book only is four dollars. Yes. Three dollars well, shipping in the United States, which is exactly. a good, really good deal on a book. Yeah, especially yeah, you
1: know, especially in indie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say, you know, the price of books has gone up too much. I'm I'm not trying to make a fortune. I'm just trying to pay for what we did. And I think four dollars you you can't beat that price.
2: No, you really can't. I, I think that's perfect that's I mean that's beyond perfect. That's a steal. But just to yeah, say it people, is. like it, it's a really good deal and uh yeah, so people should definitely not be intimidated to pick up by the pricing with this with this book at all, which is I think that that makes it so much easier for new readers to pick it up.
1: Yeah, I want people to enjoy it. That's what it's there for.
2: And you get the stories and then you get supplementary material in the back like the letters page, exactly. your first story, you know, great sketch of you and the artist. it's, it's Oh awesome. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a nice little little blast that we did at the back back there to give a who
2: we are. Yeah, I have one question before we we log off the the yeah. binary uh, at the beginning and end those two pages. Is there anything special about the the those pages? What 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 what's being spelled out in binary?
1: It it does mean something, but most of it is cut off. So
2: okay, uh, you know
1: it was a it was a a signal call searching for the dead astronaut oh so there there's 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 some meaning in between it all i couldn't just do zeros and ones the whole time
2: yeah i was wondering i was like i was like is there a hidden message here or what what how did i would i knew there was some hidden message of course so i wanted to know just yeah out of curiosity so that's awesome
0: actually i i i thought of, of one last question before before i close out with with our our links um the star if that could be made into a movie um and you're not directing it who would who would you pick to to direct that movie
1: um see the ego in me says nobody else could <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer <laughs> i could not give that one away i'm i'm the one that knows how to make those those edits and cuts work perfectly
2: yeah i think that's you know, a good
1: answer <laughs> i i'm not someone i i want to say like i'm a i love film. I love comics. I don't necessarily think the two should mix. I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, they take their failed screenplay and they turn it into a comic to create an IP. And that's not something I'm interested in at all. This is, you know, the comic is the comic. Something else is something else. I like that. I I
2: really respect that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I I want to thank you again for for being on, and you have an open invite uh, to come back uh, when any of those Thanks. other any of those other projects come out, or more issues of this anthology come out. We'd really yeah, like yeah, to touch you know. base touch base with you again. Um, so for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod, Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, also, what we're we're doing uh, some some links. Uh, check out the Facebook page to Ageless Press and the Instagram uh page for dino thrashers that's uh got some art that that noah's doing um uh, check art that coming out. Soon. yeah yeah uh so uh we'll have links to all of that stuff and and to to jonathan's stuff in, in the show notes um but thanks for listening please uh be safe be nice to each other and go out and make some art and some comics